0: Hey everyone, Kevin Quinn here. Welcome back to the Luminosity Podcast, a mental health podcast. This is episode four, health and wellness. I was really excited that we finally got to talk about one particular topic, which is the eight pillars of wellness. We go through the physical, social, emotional, occupational, financial, spiritual, intellectual, and of course, environmental factors that all contribute to our well-being and our personal happiness. Uh, Justin had a lot of great things to say. Um, I was grateful to have an opportunity to speak about it and at the end of the episode another one of my favorite moments was when we got the opportunity to address loneliness and particularly men who seem to be experiencing loneliness uh, more than other uh, groups of people so we wanted to address why that might be please be advised The following podcast may contain opinions, advice, or other suggestive content regarding mental health, and as we are not experts, should be treated as discretionary. Please consult with a medical professional if you are struggling with mental health issues. Alternatively, if you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please dial 988 or go to your nearest emergency room. Welcome back to the Luminosity Podcast, a mental health podcast. I'm Kevin Quinn. And I'm Justin Crawford. Today we are talking about health and wellness. This is episode four, a pretty broad topic, but we're going to get into the weeds of it and really uh, figure out the the depths of what that means. As I yeah. stare
1: at Kevin's head right behind weeds, literally there's like two big plants like sitting right behind you. We staged this place, by the way, just uh, so anybody who's watching the content, we uh we're in a beautiful studio with our friends, and we're often changing the color lights because my ADHD brain just goes off. And I'm like, wait, we should change all the color." And then we put these nice, like, B-roll packages right behind Kevin's head. But yep. all the action's happening on Kevin's side of the, of the so studio. So, listen,
0: to the B-roll is of <laughs> Central Park in New York City because we thought, you know, health and wellness kind of correlates with a nice jog in the park. Uh, and we have green, moody lighting to uh, typify that smoothie you're probably drinking (laughs) while listening to this episode.
1: I have often thought, okay, yes, you're right. I think Central Park is, um, it's showing us that like walking is healthy. And you say smoothies, I think they're overrated, but I used to be addicted to them in college after a workout. And I think a lot of people to this day find that like what they're putting in their body after a workout or throughout the days, it's just easier to be consumed as like a nice little liquid thing. Uh, whereas I, I don't know about you, what do you think on Whole Foods versus like a smoothie or a juice? Even juices these days. Whole Foods?
0: Like, oh. You mean the brand Whole Foods or actual?
1: No. <laughs> like actual like Whole Foods. So gotcha, gotcha, instead gotcha. of like a celery beet yeah, carrot yeah, yeah. juice that's like in a pressed bottle, I, I, I'd prefer to like chew on the food.
0: I'm with you on that. I cannot do like, green juices or or green smoothies. If I get a smoothie, yeah, the extent of me getting a smoothie is... There's a Jamba Juice by my place, so I'll, I'll walk to Jamba Juice and get, like, the sugariest... You know, there's this smoothie like called the White it's a dessert gummy. treat, right? It almost it is. feels like, okay, yeah. man, I, I could see that. Yeah, <laughs> but then there's Creation across the street, and c- Listener Creation is kind of like... It's a very Los Angeles, like, kind of green smoothie bar. It's so... There's so much about health and wellness that the the smoothie baristas or whatever are wearing like pharmaceutical that's scrubs. Right. They look like which is yeah, the funniest. They thing look like to they me. should be in a hospital, not yeah.
1: a juicery or a, or that. I, listen, I think that what we put in our bodies has become overwhelming. So let's start there. There are several ways to look at health and wellness and fitness. Right. All that's inclusive. Right. And we'll get a, we'll go over topics like you know what specific wellness types are: social wellness, physical wellness, emotional wellness, and all that stuff. But when you think about what we're putting in our bodies, Kevin probably has like a different answer than I do, which is why you have to go first. You think about what you put in your body every single day. Have you ever gotten to a place in your life where you were like, "Eh, I should be doing like all these things everyone's telling me to do because like whether it's on social media or TV or whatever, do you ever feel like you're almost being challenged to
0: uh, stick to like the A plus food nutrition plan? Absolutely. I, <laughs> and I don't then do think you do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I think just social influence. And also, that has to do with just living in Los Angeles, which I, I do think is a very health conscious city. That's right. That's right. Um, where, you know, like a place like creation exists here. It, it, it may not exist everywhere in the country. I'm not sure. I don't know. But, yeah. you know, like when I walk past it, I can't help but think, like, oh, you know, maybe that's a, a good place for me to go in and, and, and get something healthy to put in my body. Um, and yeah. and I'm 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 not the best with putting healthy things in my body. That's the food truth. wise.
1: I mean, I th- I remember asking you. I was like, "What do you? What's for lunch?" And I had already planned my meal prep. So this is what we're getting at. Anybody who's tuning in uh, and you, and you're considering like shifting or restarting or continuing your your food plan. Kevin, I asked him one day when I just, I already had my meal prepped. It was like asparagus, chicken, spinach, and like veggies in the refrigerator. I was about to go grab it. We were on a phone or on a Zoom call. So what are you having for lunch, bud? He's like, I haven't gotten that far, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) This is the other day. Uh, Yeah. And I was like, in my brain, I immediately thought I go... Got it. Yeah. We're very different, but in in a healthy way, right? Like you choose to kind of be like, all right, what am I feeling for the day? Whereas for me, I'm trying to cut body fat and I have a particular goal attached to what I'm putting into my body. And you're lucky because your metabolism is just naturally a lot higher than mine. So it's interesting how like our differences metabolically, right? Or just within our bodies and systems are then challenging us to like live different lifestyles with what we put into our body.
0: It's true. Yeah. It's funny too, because I don't Like when I, there are times when I can go hours without eating. Like, I'm just going to say that right off the bat. I mean, I, I've, I've gone. Unintentionally or intentionally? Unintentionally. Okay. I mean, I just don't get hungry. It's the weirdest thing. My appetite is like suppressed. Um, and I've, I've had days where I wake up in the morning and I, I'm very intent on having breakfast and I'll have lunch, but or at least that's what's going through my mind that I should do that. Right. But then I don't end up eating till like four four o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm like, "How did I go this long mm. without eating?" Yep. Um, and it's the weirdest thing. So my relationship with like diet and food is it's kind of flaky. Um, when what I do, you mean do flaky? eat, I just mean that it's not consistent. Okay. Like some days I'll eat a lot, some days I'll eat a little, some days I'll eat incredibly healthy, some days I eat horribly. Um, and I I want to make it a point to be more conscious about that mm. because it sounds so cliche like to think oh you know what you put in your body is is fuel and you got to make sure you're sure. putting good food in there.
1: I heard well this is funny um, on another podcast I just interviewed the head of behavior at Weight Watchers and so I thought I would bring this up today because it's, it's 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 valuable food for thought literally and figuratively. But she mentioned that like depending on your body type and your, your, your physical history and your family history, your blood type, there's a lot of factors, right? She kept saying the word factors. And I was like, the F is she talking about? It, it, it really comes down to your makeup, your, your physical makeup and your body as to how you're going to feel when you eat certain foods. Cause I am the opposite of you where I know that if I don't have seven days a week, healthy, like a very specific, you know, drinking athletic greens right after my workout, coconut water to rehydrate after the sauna. Like I'm pretty intense. Then I get to like, all right, well, then I'm going to intermittent fast after I get all my liquids in and I'm going to eat lunch around one. It's, it's almost too specific. And the reason I bring it up is because I expressed that to her and she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You may be putting too many things in your body and you don't even know that like, so that's the opposite of you. You didn't have, or you have like a, you know, it might seem flaky, but you're just eating when your body naturally tells you to do so. Whereas for me, Uh I'm almost forcing it in. There and that is a subconscious act, and so I'm also like you, I'm trying to consciously be a little bit more behaved, really, in how I'm putting foods into my
0: body and liquids, even right? Because that's so wild. So she thought that you putting too many certain kinds of nutrients was actually a potentially not beneficial thing,
1: right? Because we think of you just said it it's sometimes you do put food in your body for energy or fuel or what have you, yeah, but then you have to look at your lifestyle. So I work out every single morning. And because of that, there are particular amounts of like proteins and nutrients and liquids and whatever that I should be putting into my body, yet I still haven't really analyzed that with like a trainer or whoever. I've just had this sustained seven-day-a-week schedule. I love working out for mental health reasons. But then I'm like, okay, well, what should I be refueling? And I have found recently, even as late as today, intermittent fasting for me has improved my mental health. Cause then it raises the question for you, when you do wait to eat, how do you feel mentally? Are you like less foggy, more foggy? Um, are you more clear, less clear? Like what is that and, and like how's your how's your mind affected by how you kind of have this flaky, like you'd said, lifestyle with food? Yeah,
0: it's weird. I'm you would think that it would make me less clear. But the truth is I don't think it does. Mm. And I think you mentioned like my metabolism. I do have a pretty notoriously active metabolism. Um, there are, uh, by the way, there are mental health disorders that affect metabolism. As mm. I, I believe,
1: um, think about it. I mean, just to, and then go back to your thought. Stress. I, I believe there has to be some correlation at all times in anybody's life at any point in your life where stress is directly correlated to uh, weight gain.
0: Yeah, yeah, and depression, weight gain. Oh yeah, you know um, whether that's unipolar depression, bipolar depression. Bipolar is a great example, right? Someone, uh, 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 someone struggling with bipolar disorder, might experience weight gain and depression and eat a lot during that depressive episode. Mm-hmm. But when they swing up into a manic episode, they might lose a lot of weight. They might not eat as much.
1: I mean, there's two, there's two extremes to that, and I, I've always thought. <clears throat> And then we'll go back to your brain health. The idea that there are extremes to like anxiety, depression, and and any mental health struggle as to how that affects your physical health, Mm -hmm. specifically with food, because we're talking about it. Like some people have eating disorders because of their mental health, right? Some people have um, uh, overeating disorders or like obesity disorders because of their mental health issues. And I mean, think about like folks who are anorexic, right? Because a lot of that was just image-based. I want to look super skinny. Therefore, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to vomit when I eat. That's like, that's pretty intense, right? But there are folks who still, we hear stories all the time. Oh, she's like, she's not eating. She just like works out and drinks water. It's like, because she's trying to look like whoever she's seeing on Instagram, maybe, right? Mm -hmm. Going back to our social media episode. And I don't even know when that trend started and or like, you know what I mean? Like the trend of being extreme on either end because of your
0: mental health. In that way, it's kind of like what people are seeing outside of themselves, on the, on the outside, is affecting themselves in, in the form of an eating disorder, right? Like, I want to look like this person, I... Eating disorder, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, yes, an eating disorder. Um, but I, it's my understanding also that <laughs> eating disorders can be a more internalized kind of thing. It's my understanding that they can tie back to trauma. For instance, control right? If someone oh, has experienced sure. trauma at some point of their lives where they felt they didn't have control in a certain situation, that that aspect of wanting to regain control manifests in the form of an eating disorder because you can control what you put in your body.
1: You're exactly right. Do you remember, actually, let's go back to brain health on you for a second and just so we can close that loop. When you, on any given day when you wake up and you're thinking about getting food into your system. You said it doesn't necessarily affect the clarity or fogginess of the brain, but are you feeling that when you listen to your body more, are you really like listening to your body and saying, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat right now, and then you just kind of act accordingly? Because that that system can work for a lot of people who are listening who aren't
0: as type A or ADHD like me. (laughs) I don't think I'm listening to my body. Interesting. Which is probably the sort of oxymoronic thing about it, which is... In the moment, I think, yeah, I'm fine. you know, I'm not less foggy, but I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's true what they say. Yeah. Again, it sounds cliche that like what you put in your body is fuel. It's like if you have uh, if your body's a car, if you want to put in the 91 fuel grade, you're gonna get a better result than the 87 yeah. because it's higher quality mm-hmm. right? Um, so in that way, I think what you do put in your body, the, the quality of the fuel that you're you're putting in there, does affect your body whether you realize it or not. And in those moments, I I, I wasn't realizing it, but I think it was affecting me. I just mm. I just kind of suppress it or I'm not self-aware. And I, I was own gonna up say to it that comes back you know, to
1: awareness. It does. Uh, which is the whole seven tracks of this thing. The whole yeah. seven track of our season is just really to talk about things and bring it up enough uh so that Kevin and I can share with each and every one of you that the level of awareness I think directly impacts how you're going to go forth. And the reason I said, do you feel it in your body that you're hungry and that's what you're like going for this? I had a conversation last night with someone who mentioned you need to tap into your senses every single day. When you're washing your hands, you should be smelling the soap and going between your fingernails and just feeling that. And because it allows you to be present and or grounded or both you know, when you're present and grounded, you are pretty much not in your head, which means you're not gonna stretch as far as like thinking into the future and getting anxiety, or you're not gonna go as far as to go back and get depression, right? Like that's kind of been a, such a nice, maybe not a realization, but that, that was a hack. I was like, if you just tap in, so grab that water bottle and open it, and then drink it. He's very present watching this, by the way, or while doing this great. Drink the water, put the cap back on. You see what I'm saying? It's just like, you're just slowly mindful, mindful, boom, you which goes to what every day. Kevin's going to educate us on now, which is you <laughs> well, mentioned it before. I was
0: going to say, well, I was yeah, going to say perfect. it's yeah, I know. It's funny too, though, because, um, you mentioned as hearing you talk about it, I was like, this is going to lead to mindfulness. I know it That's is cool. And there it is cool. And there's a, there's a, there's a a technique called Mm self-soothing that I've heard is used in different types of therapy um, that can be good for achieving mindfulness and, and lessening anxiety, lessening depression. But basically it's like the idea is if you're experiencing a certain emotion, then use your senses to counteract that emotion. For instance, if you feel afraid, then wrap up in a blanket. Sounds simple, right? And feel the blanket and feel the texture, feel like how you were uh, wrapped around it, like tucked in, whatever it is, but that that security. So you're actually using your senses, like for instance, in this case, touch, to counteract the uh, the fear that you're feeling, right? It could be something else. Um, so you're, ha- you're excited. If you're, you're saying if, if. Oh, I know. Like if you're, it's like more about anxious, a negative excited. emotion. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But uh, anxious, as you said, right? Mm-hmm. Then put on your favorite sweatshirt. Sure. Feel how it feels on you, you know? Like, what's the mentality of you wearing this sweatshirt and as opposed to feeling like you have to wear something like a designer piece of clothing and and be presentable to everyone around you? No, you're just focusing on yourself. You're wearing a sweatshirt and you're doing it for you, you know? Mm -hmm. You're not trying to impress anyone. So it's like there's... It's a very multifaceted kind of way of thinking, but that's the idea, Mm. Um, self-soothing. Or it could be like listening to your favorite song, you know, putting in, popping in your headphones, listening to, uh, if you're feeling, ang- oh, this actually leads, leads me to something else. Okay, if you're feeling anxious, right, then watch a comedy film mm-hmm. or watch a horror film because a horror film, in the, it's kind of like you're acknowledging the fear in those scary scenes, but then when there's that calm moment, that calm scene, you release everything is released and that it's been proven that people struggling with anxiety, uh, do, you know, I would think that, well that when you're watching films. a scary movie
1: that either it will heighten your anxiety more and obviously it's proven, so I, I won't challenge it. But I would think that when I'm watching a scary movie and I'm feeling anxious, I, the only way out of my anxiety is to acknowledge that the film is probably a worse scenario than what I'm thinking. about. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's the only way I would have come out of it. So yeah.
0: I that's do that all the time, though, man. Like, w- when I get anxious, I always watch a horror film. I love horror films for that reason. Or I or I watch The Office. Oh, okay, you know, right. or, or an funny. anime, yeah, South I, Park, I, you know? Exactly, yep, yeah. I hear you. If I, I feel excited or overly energetic, then I counteract that. What do I watch? I watch something soothing, like a drama, yeah. maybe an Oscar winner. Wow. So, uh, anyway, that's a, that's a good example of self-soothing. But in when you talked about, like, washing your hands and, and feeling That's the my soap favorite, between- and I
1: always think of Selena Gomez for some reason. Why? We probably all do. She did the hand-washing thing during COVID. She did a massive campaign around hand-washing for oh, 20 wow. seconds or something, and every time I wash my hands, subconsciously, number one, I want to feel it, smell it, and all those things, and for some reason, uh, nine times out of 10, I think of Selena Gomez. <laughs>
0: you know what, bro? She was pretty outspoken about her struggle with bipolar disorder. Oh,
1: well, yeah, we she get her sure. on the show. She, to this day, rare beauty... Uh, and I read this the other day when I was watching something she did with Jay Shetty, who obviously is like an amazing podcaster. Th- she donates X amount of percentage of her Rare Beauty product sales to mental health uh, services and resources. That's amazing. I think. Yeah, it, it's, ins- it's insane. And I think that like that is where it's at. doesn't matter your caliber of celebrity or who you are doing what you're doing. If you are in media, right, or you're your a public figure or you're just in front of people all the time. I don't think it should feel like a responsibility but I do encourage uh that anybody who's anybody right uh, if you're doing something do it in the act of service in a way and right now yeah. mental health being s- like such a pandemic in and of itself is it's so nice to see that you know there is um that people are doing it uh, yeah. I'll say this I have
0: so much respect for that too I mean that's yeah. that can't be easy like coming forward with with something deeply personal like that. But she did. And yeah, and I like the relatability that. is amazing. And I think that's what we try to do
1: <clears throat> here. But And and a lot of our friends that we've talked to, there's a, a foundation I told you about, Inspiring Children Foundation, who did the Not Alone Challenge. Right. And I'll never forget them that. doing that on Instagram. And I, that's one of the things I tagged you in when we were talking about that on social media uh, in, in episode two. I was like, oh, well... Kevin, I tagged him on something that was like hashtag not alone challenge. And it was all about like building community, but then the resources, sorry, the funds that were raised by not alone, uh, the aspiring children foundation of uh, were immediately put towards resources for young people to, uh, to, to really like, how do I say this, uh, lean into their mental health and find the right avenues to support what they were going through. Um, mm-hmm. And when I, anyway, so like there's so many people and foundations and companies and brands that
0: are, are really into making mental health cool. Yeah, <laughs> you just inspired a question in me that I want to ask you. And because I want to tie it back to health and wellness here. For those of us who are struggling with mental health disorders, to what extent do you think being outspoken mm. or, or sharing your story with trusted friends, family, you know, people, to what extent do you think that benefits someone's health and wellness?
1: It's a good, yeah, I mean, I used to always think that when you just talk about it, and this is when we teed up our trailer together, we were like, we have to mention just talking about it being the main first step to take, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I'm such an advocate, yes, for mental health, but for getting out of your head <laughs> and taking action. There's like such a clear step where it's like, this is my thought. This is what I know I need to do. Then go do it. You know, then it comes down to discipline. So anyway, when you talk about it with friends or whomever, there was, it's, I love that you bring this up because here in a moment, we'll talk about eight pillars of wellness that I've discovered over the course of the last two years. Ooh, I wanna hear this. But social wellness is where I feel like this one fits in. But I remember I did a massive thing with a company called the House of Routine, right? Routines, Habits, and Rituals for high-performing people to live happier and healthier lives. And I just remember going, oh, wow, social wellness is where I feel the most of my advocacy work probably will go in the rest of my life because it's all about relationships, which was our first episode. Yeah. And so, and we even talked about this. like. There are only going to be benefits by talking in a truthful manner about what's happening in your head. And that's why people default to therapists, I believe, and people that they don't know. Maybe you go to a bar. I mean, I've done this. I go to a bar one time and I'll just talk to the bartender who I have no idea who they are. Could I get a sense of like where our friendship could go if we became friends? Sure. But I'll never forget, like, there have been many times in my life, coffee shops, any place I go by myself, and I purposefully will just start chatting. And if the conversation goes deep, it goes deep. And normally, more often than none, because we're humans, we want to connect, it will. And health and wellness, I mean, listen, it it, it allows for a healthy mind, and more importantly, like you think of the social wellness component of that, Mm -hmm. you will feel pretty fueled up and good about yourself because you've connected with someone and you've allowed what you've put into their ears, hopefully they're listening, right? Like you've put what into their ears that you believe is heard and understood and reciprocated in a positive way Therefore, like everything's on the table and hopefully your mental health some way, some shape or form has improved because of that.
0: I do feel like you thrive and excel in that area, you know, like social wellness. Listener, Justin is a very sociable person. I I think we've mentioned it before, but and he is a bit of an extrovert. Um, Yeah. And he we've talked about how he kind of recharges socially, which is something I can't really relate to being a a bit more introverted. Well, listen, I remember when
1: I did that, it was probably last summer. I was like, Oh, social wellness, social wellness. And you were one of the first people I thought of because we started playing volleyball. And you always told me like, well, Justin, you, you're you're so good at bringing people together and you already know people in LA. You just got here and all these things. And I go, well, there's like, again, there's the extremes of being like an extrovert introvert. There's totally like 700 ways to look at how your personality type plays into that. But Social wellness, because it's about relationships, when you identify where you're currently at, and you have to be so honest with yourself. And this goes back to like just personal wellness and well being. Like, you have to be so brutally honest with yourself and saying, This is what makes me feel like it gives me energy. And this makes me feel like I'm depleted of my energy Mm -hmm. or this brings me joy. That brings me fear. This brings me happiness. That brings me love. Like when you can like really, and that's as simple as looking at yourself in the mirror and saying today, I ain't feeling that great. So then you have to go in, you have to go grab things out of your bucket or your tool belt and say, well, damn, Kevin. If you don't feel like coming to volleyball, it's not because you don't want to be there. Maybe you had a bad day, and in your way of recharging, you and Calby got to go to Mel's drive-in and have a have a really deep chat about what you're going
0: through. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, that brings me to the other. I mean, there is social. Uh, social is a pillar of wellness. That's yeah. one of the eight. Um, so I do want to talk about the other seven here. Let's just go through them briefly. Yeah. And if you have any thoughts on that. And this let could be a know.
1: challenge. So I've I've loved this. I don't know if Kevin, you do. And if you don't, forgive me later. We uh on every episode, we may very well, like if anybody's tuning in, in order for these episodes to be helpful, I feel like it's even more empowering for you to take it upon yourself to do a challenge. I just love the word challenge because it's probably something you've never done and something we've probably never done. As we go through these eight pillars, identify one thing that we mention out of each pillar. To then take it upon yourself to to act on after Ooh, this episode's over, and I'll I explain love that. more here in a second. Yeah, but this is like a challenge moment.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. All right. So we'll start with number one: physical. Yeah. I mean, physical wellness. I would assume to mean exercise. Yeah. Like How phys- are you exerting? Energy? Like move your body, right? I'll never yeah. forget
1: uh, Michelle Obama did the campaign. This is really quick, but. Uh, I was in Japan. I uh, just started cheerleading and we got the entire high school together. Michelle Obama came around and did the Beyonce Move Your Body campaign and I'll never forget seeing every type of person of every body type and structure and 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 beauty dancing in the same gym, right? And it was the same uh, routine or dance routine and it was so cool because I'll never forget you know, you got the biggest person, smallest person, tallest person, shortest person, like, and everybody was just there dancing, moving their body, and everyone felt great after the campaign was over. We had all these rehearsals and stuff. You know what I mean? It became yeah. a whole thing, and in that moment of community, uh, I realized that the physical wellness was also adding to all the other pillars that we'll talk about. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's just like moving your body and like seeing that, especially when it comes to mental health. Here's what we'll do: we'll tie all these to your mental health, and then the act on each pillar is taking your uh taking the positivity of your mental health to a new level by by challenging mm-hmm. yourself on one but for physical I mean it's fitness so like identify what form of fitness you like what physical activity do you like so like if you like playing volleyball and that's the one thing you like to do great that's your fitness or if you want to hit the gym every morning because you love being in the gym lifting weights doing cardio that's also you know what I mean another form of physical activity for you. But it's wellness because it adds to like your entire body, your circulation, your blood flow, your mental health, everything.
0: Well said. and Thanks, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We got to give each other one compliment uh, each episode. I'll give you your compliment later. Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm, going to need that. I'm going to need that. (laughs)
0: Um, Number two, social, which we hit on, which I think is just having a healthy support network um, and finding good health in in socializing with people and being around people, good people That's right. at that contributes to wellness and, and healthy well being. I feel like we kind of hit that. So I'll move on well to said. the next one. This one is a bit more subjective, I think, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it. Number three is emotional.
1: Emotional wellness. Yeah.
0: Emotional is is the third one that is like a pillar. Well of it's wellness. feelings.
1: So you said it earlier. Like, we, ah. yeah, it, it really ties exactly with your, your mindfulness of emotions. Yeah, I think it's, okay. I think they're hand in hand. Yeah,
0: so like experiencing positive emotions, that that experiencing joy, peace, love, core or feelings, like emotions. think about
1: the other end, right? It's the anxiety, it's the depression, it's all the negative yes. stuff. So I think when you look at it, you can even write this down. Maybe that's the challenge. We'll go over the eight challenges here in just a moment, like the one per, per vertical. But the emotional one, I feel like, it could be as simple as writing down every emotion you've ever felt in your life, Yeah. categorizing them as positive or negative, helpful, not helpful. Or
0: just today. Like, what have you felt today? And remember, yeah. listener, like, negative emotions can coexist with positive ones. That's something I had to learn on my own because oh, wow. I always felt, yeah. oh, I was either, you know, I felt love, peace, joy. But if I was feeling those things, I couldn't feel anxiety or sadness. No, I can feel yeah. both of those things. And One I thing may I'll feel... Say. Like more anxiety yeah. and less sadness, or more joy and and less depression. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so. One subjective. thing I'll say
1: on uh, emotions: it is never okay to cover them up, mm. and that's how it's relative to our mental health. I have. Oh, that's invalidating behavior at that, especially
0: if other people are encouraging you to cover them up. That's how. Well, for sure.
1: And I think that's like a whole nother rabbit hole. mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is I think that both you and I, especially as folks who are and this was on last episode, too, and we didn't hit on it, which is great. The the idea that our career identity is wrapped around our personalities, I remember, oh, very vividly that I was wanting to be the happy-go-lucky Justin that everyone loved and the podcast host and the interviewer. And I had to keep up this like abnormally like positive persona. And so when I was not like that, people go, what's wrong? Justin, you okay? Hey, Mm. Justin, are you okay? What's going on? You know, it's like, no, I'm good.
0: I'm just actually being human. But see what I'm saying? So did you feel like when you did have to be in, you could say that you were having to be something you weren't. Right. feeling. Is, yes. Weren't feeling. That's okay. exactly right. So is that, I was having
1: to like somehow like build
0: emotions that like weren't there. Did you feel like that was because of an outside pressure that you felt from other people that you had to feel a certain way? What's or crazy is no. Genuine... And I don't think
1: many of us are challenged in that way. It's okay. like, I didn't feel the outside pressure of folks being like, Justin, you got to be this way. Even when I was a cheerleader, you, I didn't have so to So it smile. was more internalized with you. It was so internal, Okay. which is worse because I still to this day am you working so? through that. Oh, all the time, every day. I'm like, oh, I don't feel great, <laughs> you know, or I'm feeling ah. anxious and I am feeling sad. Almost like but you're lo- holding
0: yourself to a, a which s- exact certain standard.
1: Yeah, when you hold yourself up this high, then yeah. think of how much is down here at surface level that you're just putting under the rug. Mm. It's
0: not healthy at all. So that that could tie into emotional wellness, you know. Yeah, I think it's just having grace for yourself. That's right. Like being that, mindful and part, then having grace for your emotions. Yes, that is part of emotional wellness. So the next pillar is occupational. I think here's where purpose, sure, ties into the one of the pillars here. Yeah. Um, because that's not to say that people should get their self worth from what they're doing in their occupation yeah. or that they should uh, get their identity from that. But I think the reason why you get out of bed to go do something for eight hour day, an eight hour day, nine to five. Yeah. You have to feel some (laughs) sense— Sure, in your case. (laughs) No, no, for a lot of people. You have to feel a sort of sense of purpose that the work you're doing and what you're dedicating so much time to to make a living is meaningful to you. That's true. So I think in that way, our jobs do affect our wellness, right? Yeah. And that's why people who are in a job that they love are probably going to experience— uh, more satisfaction and happiness than mm-hmm. someone who's not happy with what the they're right. in their career.
1: Well, like all of these wellness categories too are just, I mean, listen, we found them online and I'm sure there's like 900, there's 900 other ways to look at what we're talking about yeah, here, these folks, seem to be the eight core. The that, core, right? Yes. But I love the the correlation and the, I mean, there's even, I wish we could do this and I should have printed one out, but um there is a chart where you see where all these are just somehow coexisting, like you said earlier. And I remember you showed me that. Right there, and it's yeah. colorful, right? So it's like kind of like the food chart, or like whatever. Everything just yes. kind of like makes sense together. But uh, uh, even here, where you know, you think about how occupational is immediately tied to physical somehow. So they're all. Here's what we'll say, and we're gonna keep going down so we don't lose you guys. But uh, down the line of these, each one is connected to all the others. Let me say that again. Each one of these social wellness, or sorry, mm. of these wellness pillars, are connected to the other seven at all times, which is why the eight are so important. Mm-hmm. They're
0: synergistic. Together, they make one cohesive wellness.
1: Like a the circle of wellness. Yeah. The circle of wellness. <laughs> yeah. circle circle of wellness. Of wellness. <laughs> he
0: could sing way better than me. So let me
1: <laughs> let me not. Hey, come on, don't do that. <laughs> come on. No, I just don't know my I heard those runs. What is that? What's the um. I don't know my like level alto baritone saxophone or whatever. <laughs> what are the levels? You, you'd probably be a baritone. Bar- yeah.
0: Baritone. Financial is next. Yeah. So I think it kind of ties into occupational again. What you were saying they're synergistic. Mm-hmm. However, financial seems a bit more direct in that it relates to money. Yeah. If, you, if you have means and and finances, not that you have extraneous amounts of money necessarily. Just that you have enough to live the life you want to live and live comfortably, right? You can pay your bills and right. then have some for meals left over. So I think the person experiencing healthy a, a healthy financial pillar is in that place, sure. And that's going to be that's going to lead to overall wellness. So I feel yeah. like that's pretty and overall explanatory.
1: Healthy mental health to our point last episode.
0: Yes, um, spiritual is next. I think this is where it gets a little bit more existential, and it does tie back to what I've said about purpose. Because I think, look, I I could go down the rabbit hole with this one, but I mean, if you think about it, somehow we all ended up on this planet in this great big universe. There was a a big bang however many billion years ago, and we're just dust and plasma, whatever, right? We're here. Cold rock, and somehow we form into human beings with lives and meaning. And so we have to make the most of that, right? Mm. We found ourselves here. Um, And so these are like super existential dilemmas of of the human experience and just being alive, having life, Mm. having a life.
1: And I'll I'll use the word believe. I think when I think of spirituality and just how it – It's going to look different for all of us, just like everything is custom and different for all of us. But but spirituality, I just remember... When I was growing up, and you too, probably it's like you you get to believe in things, right? You get to believe in Santa Claus. You get to believe in like um, the tooth fairy, the tooth fairy, sure. And Why and not? just like that, I think to this day, as we get older and wiser, and I'll, I say wise because you gain wisdom from experience, right? So the more things you get to experience in life, the more aware you are. Like how we are with mental health now, like we're trying to become more aware of it, and the more. Just the wiser you are. And so when I think of spirituality, I'm always thinking, well, as long as you are believing in something, right? Also yourself, believe in yourself, but that's a different type of belief, right? It's more like, uh, that's like, uh, confidence,
0: but believe in
1: something and look forward to something. Believe
0: in something. Anything. Anything. I love that. Right. And find your purpose in believing in whatever that thing is to you. And be
1: intentional as to why you believe in that thing.
0: Yes. That is so well said. Wow. Yeah. Super relatable. Um, and I think with that, believing in something leads to a, a higher sense of purpose that there's a reason. There's a, as you say, a reason behind the reason as to why I'm doing the thing I'm doing. And mm. that is going to give me a sense of purpose, That's right. satisfaction, joy. Um, 100%. And o- increase my overall well being. So that was very well said. Oh, the next one is intellectual i think this is just the thirst for knowledge how does a yearning for understanding of the world around us actually increase our well-being that was an actual question <laughs> oh i was like very, uh, well said I, I, although i phrased it kind of rhetorically intellectual which, <laughs> i
1: mean i yes i agree with you i think like we are curious we're meant to be curious creatures You yeah. know what i mean like yeah. And if we're not curious, then you start asking yourself, why am I not curious about other people? And then it goes down a whole path of just what is going on in your head that's like block. I think it's a blockage point. Like if you are not curious as a human, your intellect is going to be at an all-time low. Let
0: me Mm -hmm. say that again.
1: If you are not curious, your intellect is at an all-time low. And what I mean by that. Is I agree there's no way you're gonna expand your knowledge and your your open-mindedness and and your love for people and the human experience if you're not trying to like learn new things um, you know what I mean that are happening around
0: you do you know what one of my favorite things to do in this city I, I've been living in Los Angeles for nine years and it, it never gets old even still. Uh, I was joking with you yesterday about the Natural History Museum and how yeah I was like
1: of course he went to the Natural History Museum like I was like I was at a bar
0: while you're over here at the museum uh, listener Justin you know will like be out at a bar (laughs) with friends like going crazy no I'm just kidding not going crazy but but I'm the type of person who on a Friday night will go to the Natural History Museum in downtown Los Angeles Um, and that's we were joking about that just the difference between Justin and I. And one of my favorite things is just exploring different museums in Los Angeles. Like two weekends before that, I was at the Getty. Um, And, you know, then LACMA. But I just love immersing myself in culture. Uh And because when I go to a museum... You know, and I'm reading the panels of like what the exhibit is about, or or going into another exhibit. Like there was this exhibit on gemstones at the Natural History Museum. And you're like, who what's would have thought? To- yeah, right. Like who would have thought rocks would be so cool? Yeah, it was freaking awesome. And I felt like my well being was actually better. V- yeah. And my mental health, like I felt like I had purpose being in that exhibit, taking it in, yeah. like watching videos of like these you know gold mines in the 1870s or whatever, and like. It's just so cool how the like absorbing information can actually increase someone's sense of well-being. I used to be like you,
1: and then I got overwhelmed with uh, analysis paralysis and information overload. I've had that too. Right? I know what you mean. But I want to add to what you're saying. There's- there's beauty in, uh, in in discovery. So when you discover yes. these rocks are cool, there is no doubt in my mind that you're not thinking about the anxiety that you had, the, or you know earlier that morning, or the you know maybe the financial burden of this whatever the heck is happening. And you just like you 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 kind of like let go. And and I think that or the thought came into my head, you know. Know. like who would have
0: thought rocks would be so cool in the first place?
1: Yeah, and then maybe you write a song about rocks tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> See how much cool things happen when you're just like discovering and your intellect is there. And then this last one is environmental, which you kind of hit on anyway. Um, But environmental wellness, I think is just your surroundings. It's a place where you are. And so I have a question actually, and then we're going to get to the challenges and move on here. You you, Like, okay, look right here. You're like Central Park, right? So say you're in a park or you're wherever. If you are in a park and you notice, Kevin, that this is like a good place for you to be, you want to be in nature. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's healthy to be in nature. Yeah. It's when you recognize that that's a healthy place for you to be, and it just adds value to your mental health journey uh, in discovering that that's a place that you want to be. It makes you feel good, right? Back to feelings and and emotions. How often are you putting yourself back in those places while you're going Mm -hmm. through your life in order to make sure that that's sustainable? Because your environment, like you're a product of your environment. So if you're in a chaotic space like Manhattan, you're going to probably be a little bit wired in a, in a not so good way. Whereas like that
0: just feels like it's probably a good place for your mental health. Do you have a place of, of what that is for you? Yes. Because I have one too. Yes. What, what is you that first. place for you? Me first? Yeah. So listener, I grew up in Chicago and just a four hour drive away is northern Wisconsin. And there's this place called Door County, Wisconsin. It's kind of like the Cape Cod of the Midwest. If you can imagine, like there's this little peninsula that juts out on the eastern side of uh, the state of Wisconsin going into Lake Michigan. And it is absolutely gorgeous. And I truly believe it is one of the most beautiful places in the country. Like it's, it's a lot of lush forests and farmland, but it's 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 not like a tropical beauty like Hawaii, but it's so unique and beautiful that I genuinely think it has game on something like Hawaii or something like sure. that. Sure, mine um, is
1: San Diego. San Diego. And it was only about two years ago. Oh yeah, I will move to San Diego eventually. Get out of here. It's crazy because I get my something about San Diego right now in my life. It's it's I'm there Sunday for like a day, literally a day. I'm leaving at night coming back Monday and I just, I want to be there for some reason. Um, and I didn't have the same fascination with LA, New York or Tennessee, nothing, even in Tennessee. I didn't really care for the smoky mountains, nothing against them. I just didn't really care for them. And I was just so caught up, right. It goes back to like occupational wellness. I was just so caught up in that part of my life. And I was like, whatever. And for some reason, San Diego, it is environmental, but it's also the people there. So it's a little bit of social wellness, right? Yeah. Everyone there is easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Like it's just so <laughs> easy down there. And the water is just amazing. So my environment is water. I don't care to swim, surf, or any of that stuff. I don't you even would care to go Catalina, boat. bro. We should go. I know. We were talking about going Listen, to Catalina Island. We've talked Island. about going to Catalina
0: Island, Justin and I. But um, I think that's, that's where it, one of my favorite places in, in Southern California.
1: Yeah. And like it just makes you feel like that's a place where you should be. Yeah. So yeah, here's sure. what we'll say before we move on the eight pillars of wellness physical, social, emotional, occupational, financial, spiritual, intellectual, and environmental. There's a lot that we'll put them in the show notes too. The challenge is to identify across the eight one thing that you can do today, tomorrow, within the next week when you have some free time. And do one thing that will add value to your mental health. We'll do the same thing. So for example, I'll give you a couple examples here. For physical, if you know that working out at 3 p.m., my, my friend Case Kenny said this today, working out at 3 p.m., is kind of where you want to be working out in your day because it just makes you feel a little bit more peace of mind so that you can get through your work first because your work provides a little bit of anxiety. It always does. And then working out later in the afternoon, maybe you challenge yourself to do that, therefore adding a little bit of value to your physical wellness pillar. Second example, spiritual. If you feel like you're a little bit of a lost soul wandering on earth, maybe what you do for yourself this week is to Take your spiritual wellness journey to the next level by trying to full, like, and it's a little bit of intellectual too, but go to that museum, open that book, ask some friends what their spiritual beliefs are, and just start taking notes. You don't have to make any decisions right, as to what you believe in or what you want to go believe in, but just ask curiosity, right? Go ask yourself questions, take notes, stay very curious. And the one thing you do for your spiritual wellness journey is to identify maybe what you want to believe in, and therefore, both of those examples alone, I think, may very well help your mental health. That's great. So I'll say the eight again, and then we'll move on. Physical, social, emotional, occupational, financial, spiritual, intellectual, and environmental?
0: You know what I've been really into lately? What? David Buster's? No. Well, yeah, that too. Always David Buster's. You kidding? (laughs) You know what else I've been into lately? Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) Contrast therapy. You know what that is? No. It's where... So there's this place by my house, and you can rent out a sauna, and you do like five minutes in the sauna... And then you get out. Oh, okay. Right. And you go into an ice bath. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds horrible. Like going going into a below freezing bucket of water. It is unbelievable. I love it. I really do. And I didn't love it at first, but the more I do it, it's like the best thing for my mental health. So now I I want to do it all the
1: time. Is it because it challenges you in your mental health? What is it about? What is it? Cold therapy? I, it, no. uh, contrast therapy. Contrast therapy.
0: Yeah, and then you go back in the sauna, right? Do five more minutes, then go back. You go back and forth for like 30 minutes an hour. Um, I think <laughs> it's intense. It is. I just take a cold shower. <laughs> I mean, it, well, here's the thing. Like a cold shower is difficult enough, but these are like, like aluminum ice bucket baths. Oh, yeah. They are freezing. Um, but it's just, there's something about it that, it, it makes me feel like when I'm in that cold plunge, like I, it feels like knives on on my body. Like it, it's that intense, it's piercing. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a piercing cold. But once I'm in it, I feel like this sense of accomplishment. I feel this sense of euphoria almost that like I'm I'm doing this.
1: Somehow you survived it, right? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: And then I'll finish it off at the end by dunking my head in the, in the cold water and running back into the sauna. Um, there is an, I know we've talked a lot about dialectal, dialectical behavioral therapy, and there is a a skill in DBT therapy called TIP, T-I-P-P. And TIP suggests that you should put cold water on your face for 15 seconds or something like that. Uh, because it activates the diver's reflex in the human body and causes the, I believe it's the blood vessels to expand, oxygenation to increase, um, and I kind of get that mm, when you experience. dunk your head. Yes, out. absolutely,
1: and, and you it, could do that. So if you're not visiting these spots like Kevin did, you can probably do your make own right or, or make your yeah, own version. you can of run that a bath, house. Yeah. throw ice in it. I've seen it all the time. People hop are in a shower, you know, right in a hot shower. Cold showers. But, here's what I'll say. Um, and you're right it's the i think it's a little bit of the challenge but how it affects the mind it almost empowers you right because like you have nothing else going on except for you your body in that that placement of water or the sauna cuz even saunas are like intense for people they're like i don't want to sweat that much right? right hot yoga is a good example too it's like i don't want to put my body through all that once you've kind of identified and this is all physical it feels physical but it's like yeah. directly correlated to the mind that when you put like you're putting it through such an intense thing it's not like you're doing the Iron Man and doing mud, you know, mud crawls underneath barbed wire, but it's still pretty intense to where it's like, well, dang, especially if you do it in the morning or right when you wake up or something, or when you're having a bad day, when you feel like that's like accomplished, you said it, it's a sense of accomplishment. Like yeah. I did that. My body went through that. I can handle anything else, which is a proven technique that when you put your body through things physically you are so present and you're so grounded in that. Boom.
0: That you're not in your head. Bro, yes. I was just about to mention that. You know, I was going to say what it is and hearing you talk about it made me realize I think what I love about it most is that it's like the purest form of mindfulness that I've experienced to date. Wow. Because in that moment, I can't help but feel that I am so present in this brutal sensation of a piercing cold. That's correct. That... It's ironically enjoyable because I'm completely out of my head and I'm just doing it. And it feels good to just be out of my head and doing something. You see, listener, this is we why I just have Justin so much could to learn therapist. from
1: Kevin. Oh, you're so funny. This, these are therapy sessions for both of us, by the way. It, but straight up. We have so up. much to learn by what Kevin just said because when you can feel so present, and it goes back to senses, we talked about senses earlier. You know, like when you have the feeling and it's just like the direct physical feeling in some cases, more often than none for like the cold plunge in the sauna stuff, you just feel like you're not in your head and you're like, you know what? Nothing really matters. That's what I wanted to add to your point earlier was like, what, and I maybe I didn't say this, I don't know, whatever, my ADHD brain's kicking in, but you like there's something to be said about just kind of having a peace of mind. My word of the year was peace for this reason. Peace of mind with the fact that not all this is even like it doesn't have to be as extreme or as important as it makes itself out to be therefore decreasing any anxiety you have about a specific thing. So for example, if I think that okay, if I'm a real estate broker or I want to be a broker and that one test that like I'm going to go take and if I fail it, everything's fallen to complete booty and like I just, I'm going to lose my life and I'm just building up all this anxiety or I can go study and just trust that if I either pass or fail, I kind of, not that I don't care. Let me be very clear. It's not like I'm just trying to be like this, ah, uh, namaste, like I don't care about life. I care about my health and wellness, but there is a balance there, right? And I'm not a big proponent of balance. It's just there is a balance with how much mindful energy you're giving to a thing when you could be going and experiencing a cold plunge and getting a better mindfulness journey out of that? You know what totally. I mean?
0: Totally. Yeah, and it's it's funny. I encourage the listener to go find those wellness activities for them. Like another one that I oh, yeah. thought I would never like, I never knew that I'd be so into contrast therapy and cold plunges. I I, I didn't know until I tried it. Yeah, right? You just want yeah. Qi Kung was another one. I think it's called Qi Kung. It's, yeah, kung. It's not Tai Chi. They're similar, but it's it's kung sure. specifically. It's like body movements? Yes. It's like one of those very old um, uh, Eastern, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's basically you just, it's like standing yoga, but it's all about like transferring energy into you know from here to here listener i'm kind of like it looks like trent. avatar the last airbender i'm yeah or straight straight the last airbending air right now <laughs> but that's like what it seems like right yeah. um is it therapeutic in any way it is again all about mindfulness the weird thing too is it causes people to burp burp i, I yeah i like, took this chi kung class like burp yeah straight up I took this Qigong kung class and the teacher was like, "All right, so if you feel any, you know, like bodily sensations come up, especially burping, you know, then That's uh, kind of. And to like, say, it's kind of hot. That's not like, hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cool." Well, because she, like if you have gut issues. I thought issues, she was joking. I thought she was joking when she said that, and then all of a sudden I started burping. I was like, "Oh, she <laughs> she was like serious." And I was just like belching the entire time. It's a real not thing. farting, but only burps. Yeah, just. Barking. I'd
1: be the person there. I used to do this in yoga. I'm like, dang, I'm about to fart because when you move your body, well, we're so always we're always sitting down. I don't do yoga, so <laughs> okay, but you do the tongue... kui What is it? Chikang. 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 So chikaku uh, is uh yeah. Anyway, so there's Japanese words that sound like that, but. <laughs> There, so like if you're listening and you're gut or you're, you're gassy at any point in your time, when we were talking about food earlier, something that you can challenge yourself with food today is just to like go identify what foods you're putting into your body and maybe do somewhat of a small detox or cleanse because many of us do not realize how bloated and gassy we actually are. And you don't deserve to be bloated and gassy. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. At you at know what there, I mean? Come on. What, what the hell? Or you can take, <laughs> what is it called? The
0: class. Uh, you farting class. <laughs> you can go take Kong and go burp it sick. all out. I tried to get, I tried to turn Kelby onto it, but I she wasn't really. Yeah. Involved. And I
1: don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole, but like there are so many methods with what you get to put into your, what you get to, let me be very clear. We have an opportunity as humans to put specific things into our body, alcohol, including, uh, cause I drink wine and I love wine, but like. We have an opportunity to put foods and and liquids and and pills, whatever, into our body and take that opportunity to at least be so intentional with, not maybe it doesn't have to be the reason, but what it's doing. Be aware enough, you know, because oftentimes we're like defaulting, like when you're sleepy, when you're choosing to get no sleep, here's a good example, when you're choosing to get no sleep and you're wiring your brain to be so exhausted, you're going to pick nasty, or not nasty, you're going to be like, uh, not-so-good-for-you foods, right? Yeah. Sluggish, greasy, whatever, heavy-carb foods, your body's just like, oh, it tastes good, smells good. Let me eat Burger King. When you're getting good sleep, for example... Again,
0: also, I just want to interject, there's a correlation to the release of dopamine yeah. from, like, bad foods like that. Right. Which increases feelings of positivity around eating poorly.
1: Yeah. Something we didn't say, just to go back really quickly, was on food... Um, I was going to ask you if you've ever heard of, um, impulsive eating or not impulsive eating, uh, when you eat so much at one time, not hoarder eating, come on, there's a word for it. You have to know what this is. Um, it's like when you feel like you've waited all day to eat and then you just eat a bunch of food all at one time. This is why we're not the experts. Um, season two, (laughs) by the way, we've confirmed Kevin and I can't wait to bring people binge. Thank you. Yeah. Binge anything is so bad for your, 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 your health. Yes. B- anything binge, smoking, drinking, eating, even yeah. binge working out anything. It's just like that overload. Uh, and that's all tied to your brain. Yeah. Binge eating. I used to have a really bad habit at that. Did you? Yeah. Now I like smell and chew and I try to chew my foods 20 times. Just like Selena Gomez and washes her hands for 20 seconds from that video. <laughs> Bro, you
0: You and Selena Gomez in that video. We should bring her on. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. Major life changes on mental well-being. That's one of these major life I changes to ask you about.
1: on mental well-being. Yeah, like every day we wake have up and we feel like a new person. They go say, "Oh, I feel like such a new person. I woke up feeling different."
0: That's yeah. I think it's every day. Have you ever had a? Well, first of all, what would you classify as a major life change? And how many of those have you had in your Oh, life
1: major life change. Like, <laughs> oh, what is a major? A move, a move. How about that? Okay. Let's use that for uh, as an example. Anytime you move from... So how many times have ex- you moved? You've moved a oh, lot. Oh, I've moved probably 14 times, and I'm 26.
0: Wow. Right, because you're uh, an yeah. Air Force brat.
1: Not to mention all the apartments in New York, all the apartments here in LA. Yeah, moving. Uh, I think it's healthy. So if that's where we're going with this... I think when you change your environment back to environmental wellness, it is so healthy. It's a reset. It's a restart. So long that you're not gaining any sense of depression from the past environments, if that makes sense. Because some folks, we never want to mistake this, and we should be very clear. Like when you change your environment, don't feel like you have to do that to run away from something. Always complete the chapter. And I think that is a lot, that closure of like where you used to live or where you used to like live your life. When you close that chapter and you gain closure with yourself, I think it's very healthy for your brain. Yeah. I say brain, I mean your mind and your
0: mental You know what you just made me realize, though? Of these eight pillars of wellness that we talked about, a lot of them are usurped by a move. Like when when you move to a different city or whatever, like think about it, your your social pillar of wellness kind of dissipates. That's right. Occupational, you probably have to get a new job when you move. Yep. Financial, or, or- it's costly to yeah. move. Um, environmental, obviously the biggest one. That's half of them right there. I mean, I think that's, it's almost like the, a major life change is, it, it, it these pillars of wellness constitute like, like a major life change. Like when these pillars of wellness are affected that they, it almost ties directly to, Oh, maybe someone had a major life change in, in their life. That was a, I'm not crazy with the way I just but, worded that, but do you get what I'm saying? I follow.
1: I, 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 yeah. And if you're listening, you definitely probably followed that. It's just cause you're probably smarter than Justin, but you're exactly right. I, I think that they, constitute yet are also threatened somehow when you go through a major life change, but think of yes, how many times you threatened. and I have been through therapy and our therapist will ask what changed the mm-hmm. word change alone. Change. Is I terrifying. think affects your mental health, good or bad change can be very terrifying. Or for me, I love change, but you I do? also, but in an unhealthy way, think about it. So for
0: you, why does it scare you? Because I like familiarity. Okay, and with all change of us do comes, it's like natural. Yeah, I think that's the most basic reason why is because when familiarity is upended, then I feel out of place. Got it. And I feel a sort of existential anxiety that I don't belong. Right. Right. Hundred percent. My answer to that is I don't know if it's ever brought me there's the Met
1: there's a museum for you. Um, sorry, I just one got got at that. My when I think of change. I convinced myself over time that it was like me kind of rewiring my brain. I was forced to change everything all the time. And I started seeing that I got a little bit too comfortable with the change. It's the opposite of what you're feeling, what you've just said. Familiarity to me, I could give, I could care less about because to me, everything changes all the time, inevitably, And that's why right now entrepreneurship is just like the most fascinating thing ever because I'm like, oh, today I just don't feel like working with that client anymore. We should, we should part ways. But I think change where I have to be so careful and where all of us have to be so careful professionally or not, sorry, professionally or personally, um, we have to be so careful to, to know when is the right time to change things or change your environment so that you're not hurting anyone in the process or that you're not hurting yourself in the process or, Covering anything up, my change has always been to cover things up, just felt natural. And then, can we rerun this thing? We'll
0: go back to change. We're at an hour and
1: 15
0: minutes. We can wrap, yeah. We should wrap, yeah. Let's wrap. I'm gonna read some of these stats and let's wrap. Okay, that's long. (sighs) We had a lot to say in this one, we can cut a lot of it out. I liked it. I loved it. It felt more fun. I love the pillars talk. Okay, let's wrap it. Yeah. Um. So if... Uh- there's one stat in particular I wanted to cover in this episode because I think there there is a difference in how... There's a difference in men's relationship to loneliness as opposed to women's relationship to loneliness. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why that is. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh, health
1: and wellness. This... That's stats from loneliness, no? No, it's here.
0: Which is perfect because we talk about letters. Sorry, go ahead. So there's a difference between men's relationship to loneliness and women's relationship to loneliness, which I find compelling. Mm -hmm. And I have an idea of why I think that could be, but I want to get your opinion on it. But here's the stat that I found so enticing. 39% of men living alone experience loneliness. And one in three men believe that there is no one to help them out if they're in need. I lived alone for years, mm-hmm. probably like four years. At the time, I thought it was just something I had to do, but I, in retrospect, I should have gotten roommates because looking back, I didn't realize I was in one of the loneliest periods of my life. Mm-hmm. So I felt that. I feel like I kind of relate to this 39% here. Well, but it's, it's so interesting that it's 39% of men Living alone, experience loneliness. Why not women? Mm. You know? Is it because women have better social support networks? Not even better. I think women have always
1: been better at that. They've always been better at supporting each other for many reasons. You look at it historically, and I had this conversation last night too with the same person who told me about the whole um, the belief pattern thing. But when, when you're in an environment of people who have all been through a lot you think about it, right? Anybody who's been microaggressed, or anybody who came from like specific minority community, right? I'm half Japanese. I don't really have that many people in my particular corner, but a lot of my friends who are black, who, came, who grew up in the same communities as other black people, Asians, and other Asian communities. That's just race, let alone gender. Mm-hmm. Women agree on a lot of things. Men, yeah, we agree on things, right? But you, I, the example I'll give that may make some sense is the the friend last night goes, well you know when i walk into a bar with my current boyfriend with other ladies they want my man when i when he walks in with all the guys around and i'm his girlfriend they just want someone that looks like me right so there's a difference in even in like intellectually how she was talking about these crowds viewing a couple like a straight couple, uh-huh. you know, and so which leads to cattiness on the female side too, right? Like think of all the arguments and like all oh, the like, oh my god, that's my man, not your man, that. But for the guys, we don't have that much argument. I would even think that's interesting too. Like in male-dominated spaces, there's not as much like aggressive um, friction. In ladies, it is that way. But isn't that counter, kind of like counter opposite? So, like, ladies tend to have a little bit more of a community. And that's what I was going to say.
0: In the same way you were talking about, like, the black community, the Asian community, there seems to be, it seems to be that in the community of women, in my opinion, that they are able to lift each other up more outwardly with each other, if that makes sense. Whereas I think it's just my opinion that men tend to. Internalize and mm. not be so open with whatever they're going through, and thus are more likely to experience loneliness. Does that make that's sense? Right.
1: It makes total sense. And I think a lot of that's just how folks grow up. I mean, you look at traditionally speaking with families, man is the breadwinner, and mom usually stays at home, takes care of the kids. Like that's been the traditional way of, of living sure, and growing a family. And everything starts in the home. So if you're growing up and your family has that, then you're probably not having those conversations with your dad your dad's probably not opening as up as much and that i've always thought that my, my my dad was in the air force so like he was a very sturdy man never really cried all those things and so i thought that had to be what i wanted to be like you know my brother hmm. took that i definitely didn't i followed my mom so it's like you i think a lot of it starts at the house and and kind of like then goes out into the outer world and a lot of times people to your point about familiarity uh, earlier I think we as humans want to connect with people that we're also like. So if every guy's not talking about it, then every guy who's hanging out with each other isn't really talking. They're just doing sports and some other things. Then clearly that's where I think loneliness would come.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I did want to end on that though, just because I, I I think it's it's a compelling stat, and I don't think anyone should experience loneliness. Which have, is why we're going to talk before? about it in episode is that what episode five is about? That's
1: exactly what episode five is about.
0: Oh, yeah, baby. I got so, a lot to say about that.
1: We're going to let y'all run yeah, off we'll, of this Yeah, we'll episode, save it for the next episode.
0: But it was, it was the perfect
1: thing to bring up. I think we have a lot yeah. to talk about uh, and
0: learn from. So this was great. Yet another one in the can. Enjoyed talking to you. Um, and listener, we'll see you at episode five. Thanks for tuning in.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, Kevin and I would love if you would share it with someone who you believe can find value in the conversation too. Also, if you loved the episode, this show will only grow and reach more people with ratings and reviews, if you'd be so kind to leave one right where you're listening. We sure hope you found this helpful and cannot wait for you to come back to another episode of Luminosity.